Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Dynasty as they want to be a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series, Dynasty. I'm your host, Derek J. Lang, and with me is my co-host and husband, Kyler K. Jafari. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? I think I'm about to be doing pretty well because you made a frosty concoction for us to be sipping on in this week's episode. Yeah. What is this? I, well, haven't, I haven't had my first sip yet. So PSM orders one in Haiti, so I thought we would too. It's a strawberry daiquiri. Oh my God. I was hoping when Fallon ordered a strawberry daiquiri in Haiti that we would actually drink uh, strawberry daiquiris so this is exciting i probably haven't had one of these like since the 80s yeah i don't know this is definitely a trash drink but you know every now and then you gotta just have something fun in the blender it just reminds me of being on like a carnival cruise in 1989 going yeah. to the bahamas or this Haiti. is certainly a vacation drink or a pool drink it's it's not terribly complicated matter is there just... even any alcohol <laughs> well, this is the the joy of you know frou frou sweet fruit drinks is all the fruit hides the fact that there's even alcohol in it, and so does the frozen factor. So you know if you just want to break from snobby craft made cocktails, like this is definitely one way to do it. Hey, I'm fine with it. Okay, the state is on fire, the world is going to hell. Let's drink strawberry goddamn daiquiris. Now, if you're curious, I made mine kind of the traditional route which is at least a little bit more honest than throwing a bunch of strawberry syrup and other food colored things into a blender but it's what a couple ounces of rum half a cup to a full cup of strawberries depending on what you're doing um you definitely want the juice of a whole lime you don't want to be yeah shy I, ta- with the lime. I taste the lime i like that actually it makes it less saccharine and oh and then a full cup of ice and, you know, throw it in the blender until it's uh, slushy, basically, which is only about 30 seconds at the most. And yeah, it's good. Honestly, it's I think it's it's actually kind of good. I'm sort of shocked. I don't think I've had one of these in, well, since I was on a carnival cruise in the 1980s. <laughs> well, speaking of the 80s, a member of the Dynasty family has been in popular culture lately. Now, I haven't met her yet, as the, the, the darlings know out there. 
I'm watching Dynasty for the first time as we go through this journey of this podcast. You've seen it. Queen or Princess, I don't know what she is, Catherine Oxenberg is a well, big... Well, is she a princess or is her mama a princess? I don't really understand princesses? the lineage. I mean, if if her mom's a queen, then she's got to be part Wait, of... Wait, her mom's a queen now? I thought she was just the princess of Yugoslavia. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Which, okay, sorry, So if Bard, you're the daughter does, of a does princess... Yugoslavia, like, I mean, I know it doesn't exist as a no. politically bounded country It's not anymore. called Yugoslavia anymore. Do, yeah. do people who live in that area still refer to it as Yugoslavia? Well, when you're from there... No, I think people still refer to it as the former Yugoslavia. Anyway... Queen, princess, dame, whatever the hell she is, Catherine Oxenberg is part of this fascinating documentary series, The Vow, that we've been kind of obsessed with on uh, HBO Max about the evil, nefarious, Nexium sex cult. I, I don't know if you want to use the word obsessed in this context. <laughs> well, we're not so obsessed that we're thinking of joining DOS or I, I looked up, but or... <laughs> they're not taking any new members anymore, so yeah, we, we missed the boat on that one yeah i mean i vaguely remember a few years ago when all of this kind of bubbled up in the news that Catherine oxenberg's daughter was part of the sex cult along with allison mack from smallville it's kind of sad to see her just in this place where she can't help her daughter well it just goes to show that families are complicated but yeah i mean i think it's going to be a few seasons right until Catherine oxenberg graces us with her presence in dynasty she's part of that whole royalty thing that I mean, happens i'll be honest i wasn't real thrilled i mean not anything against her but didn't love what happened there with Catherine on dynasty but okay so it's not something i should be looking forward not to. super excited about it i mean i don't know i'm sure she has her fans on this show i you know just don't count me as one well the other thing i didn't realize about her is that she released a documentary called sexology about searching for the female orgasm and one of the cast members from below deck this season <laughs> was like in it i was reading about so you know, pop culture, yeah, everything's, everything's connected, not Smallville. Now, is there a, Mac. Where does that fit in the universe with Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina-scented candle? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure about the goop of it all. I, I guess the search continues then. Well, the thing I don't love about it is I want more Nancy Salzman, who's like... Yeah, the, it's all about the Nancy Salzman of it for me. And yeah, of course, like, she's, like she's very under the radar this whole time, so I don't know that we ever really find out much with her. But Yeah, she's like the second in command of the, the cult, and she pops up a lot, and she just kind of looks like... The lady that's in charge of your HR thing, department. Yeah, that's the other thing that I really actually think I like the most about this whole situation is it's so early 90s. There's something like multi-level marketing. mostly in 2016. Pyramid scheme. Oh, it's well, like, Keith Rainier, the head of it, was an Amway salesman. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, this is just like the next evolution of a Tupperware party. Before you know it, you're getting your vagina branded. Yeah, that that definitely does not keep the freshness in. It makes me think very differently about my... Tupperware now. Anyway, so. I hope they come out with a sequel to The Vow where they focus more on Nancy, who's not... I don't think she's been charged. I think she's awaiting... I think she got some racketeering things. Yeah, but... I want her head on a platter, but she kind of is like the Joan Collins of I Nexium. I kind of don't. I just want to have her over for, you know, a cup of coffee and pick her brain. Oh, uh, the next thing you know, you're going to have her initials on your wiener. <laughs> 
I see. I, I don't know that Nancy was part of that. I bet she knew all about it. Oh but my I don't god! Think she was okay, in that. we need to move on because now you're apologizing <laughs> for next. I've become members. a Nancy Salzman apologist. <laughs> Let's take a break and we'll get into this week's wild fucking episode: two flights to Haiti. And emphasis on the fucking. <laughs> Today's installment of Dynasty as They Want to Be is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our darlings a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash nasty podcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y podcast. Browse their unrivaled selection of audio programs. You know, we're drinking these fabulous strawberry daiquiris, and they actually have a book on Audible called uh, Bartending, the ultimate guide to mastering bartending for beginners and 30 minutes or less. In 30 minutes, you can be a master bartender. Can you believe that, Kyler? You mean I wasted six months at bartender school and I could have just read a damn book? Yeah, and you could have just gone to audibletrial.com slash nastypodcast. Or you can also text nastypodcast to 500-500 to get your 30-day free trial membership and book. I'm there, honey. Welcome back. Well, because this episode's just so all over the map, I, there's no way to really unpack it other than, I guess, just follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road? Follow, follow. No, um, no, we're not <laughs> going to do that. Yeah, Please, well, God. It's not. This episode is such a star-making performance for Gordon Thompson and the character of Adam Carrington. We get so much insight into what he's thinking, what his motivations are. I mean, we know what he's been doing with this like paint business the whole time, but I think the writers did a great job of cementing his feelings about the Carringtons in the fact that he was kidnapped as a baby and he totally blames Blake. I don't know. What Do you have thoughts on this? I feel like I'm rambling. Well, you know, usually I just get yelled at for interrupting you, even though I feel like that's just conversational dynamics. But anyway. Way. Same. So I I don't agree. I th- I still wonder what truly motivates him. I and I think that's sort of why I like this character so much. She's very deeply troubled and just super complicated. Yeah, if he weren't so evil and so self-serving, or at least appearing to be self-serving, then maybe I would buy. Oh, daddy and mommy ditched me, and now that I'm back, they don't really seem to care as much. Well, I guess what's interesting to me is that he's able to lord this over Alexis, who is normally unflappable right well, nobody that's just can more control of his her. emotional blackmail i mean and i know but i love that emotional blackmail no, i love that too but that's why i'm questioning does he really care is that what's really motivating him because i see what you're saying at the end of the day the results are all the shares in uh, from jeff's baby get sold back to the company and he gains more control and all of this really you could just say well maybe adam just wants to take over the world so is he really pissed at blake carrington maybe but it happens to have this convenient side effect of, oh, and also he's going to be the richest oil baron in all the land now. So 
I don't know. I think it's getting back at Blake and maybe even a little bit of Alexis, even though it seems like he really loves her, that they stopped I looking for him at a certain point I think when he, he was sees a an baby. opportunity in Alexis. I don't think he's that pissed about her not looking for him anymore. I think she he sees her as like an opportunity to take over a major oil corporation. And it's the same thing with Blake, like opportunity there to edge him out and take over that company in the process. I, there's like this dual motivation, and I don't know if one or both is not true. You know, realistically, if you've lost your child and it's been two years and you've been looking and you've spent all the money that rich people have, at what point are you like really held liable for not continuing to look? So I don't know. Well, and as Alexis says, she gave him some clothes, a car. She made up a position for him at the company that she got from marrying somebody for five minutes. Don't forget the credit cards. And the credit cards. I mean, this is the 80s. Credit cards, baby, that's where it's at. Oh, yeah. And you know she was referring to like a platinum American Express. Just say charge it. Don't leave home without it. Come here, Adam, and sit down. It's very late. Still up? Plotting something, Mother. How dare you use that word to me? Why not? We're both a bit Machiavellian at times. In fact, much of the time these days. One might say one has been learning one's craft from a master. A few hours ago, you threw what amounted to a blackmail threat at me. Did I? Don't interrupt. You threw a vile threat, and then you stalked out of here before I had a chance to take that threat and slap it across your arrogant face. Meaning? Meaning? That didn't it occur to you that I would simply deny any complicity in this plot against Jeff? But I just can't believe his crazy fucking poisonous paint plan works and Jeff signs over all of little Blake's shares and creates this um this block of shares I don't know how to explain it it's business this is the thing with Jeff in this particular episode but it's you know it's been going on of course because it's been dragging out this freaking poison paint thing for so long and that's kind of why sidebar I feel like there there's been a lot of like thinly plotted writing for a bit here outside of Adam I think the writers that are great job with Adam because all of these threads have been intertwined for the last several episodes. Most specifically, I think I, I mentioned, I don't know, I think it was two or three episodes ago, where Adam's basically going around from Blake's office to Jeff's office and then back to Alexis's penthouse and like dropping these little seeds about ever like various things all throughout and i think in this episode it all kind of comes to fruition and you see like oh all of these little things he's been doing it's all like he's the only one that's getting anything done in this episode like these people are helpless nothing is really happening except for adam getting all of his revenge plots to come to play so yeah it started out and it seemed real lame like he was just like jealous of jeff and he wanted to make right. him sick or whatever but it was all leading to this bigger massive maneuver because the thing with him and jeff st in this episode starts with jeff is you know he's in his days as he has been and uh gets you know super pissed for i don't know it's angry jeff is just like angry to be angry I, I you know john james is not i don't know if he's capable of delivering that anger the right way so it kind of it's just doesn't, yelling doesn't gel for me his yell doesn't gel so anyway but that's that's what gets jeff to call up adam and like in this moment of you know mentally fraught weakness and say oh you know that thing you were showing me about blake and 
I need to talk to you about not trusting Blake. And of course, Adam's like, all, uh, yeah, I'll be right there, baby. You know, with a Bloody Mary before noon, which is great. And especially in an office of all places. But yeah, how do they have celery sticks just on hand for office Bloody Mary? Well, when you've got Colby Bucks, you know, there's everything on hand. Yeah. That's one little plot that Adam sort of like starts to tie up in a neat little bow. Jeff signs over the the baby shares and he continues to do emotional extortion with Alexis. You know, to your point, she's usually pretty willful. And in this instance, she kind of has to yield to him. So he gets that way. I feel like there's like something else he's been up to that he's probably getting his way on to, but I, I don't know. I, I just think that... Well, he gets a date with Kirby, who I guess is going to be the oh, translator right. now for Colby Co. Yes. Yes. So that's that's another one. It's just so aggravating. So there's this other sort of like thing, this, this underbelly to this episode, uh, the show, of course, but this episode specifically with just the blatant misogyny. And like, look, I I'm not looking for it. It's there. Like, first of all, you get Blake beating down Fallon's door and he's, you know, daddy to the rescue. And she's talking about, oh, when I had nightmares and you would come wake me up and tell me it was okay. And it was, you know, it's like daddy has to save her always. And then it's the thing about her getting beaten by Jeff. But then suddenly, you know, daddy Carrington is oh, well, no, you've you've got to give him a chance, and I'm sure there's a reason, and he's crazy right now. You have to just... Okay, that was infuriating to me. So the name of the episode is Two Flights to Haiti, and it's like, what the hell does Haiti have to do with anything? So Fallon, after getting strangled almost to death by Jeff last episode, is going to go to Haiti to get a divorce, which I guess what was a thing? thing. Okay, can we just talk about this and then go back to the misogyny later? What is this thing? Why does everybody go... Go to these like exotic offshore places to get sham divorces. Uh, honey, I think it's just an excuse for a great vacation. I mean, I've heard of a sham marriage, but sham divorce is like this whole thing that this show just loves. Apparently, I it's a reason to go to a tropical location, I guess. But yeah, Haiti is uh, a bastion of ladies getting divorces. It's something to do about the courts working quicker overseas or something i don't know by the way i mean haiti turns out to be like mm, tiki torches steel drums pina coladas casual sex it was definitely problematic because it just seemed like all these white women go to haiti to get divorces and then enjoy some bbc and then screw some yeah yeah. I mean, that's what that woman said in the bar when she ordered her uh, strawberry daiquiri. Let's that, talk about her. Right? What was her name? Ellen Morano or something like that. She was, I don't know. I think she was probably only maybe recognizable because I remember a few episodes of Magnum P.I. that she was in. And she's pretty good. Like, they don't give her a lot to work with, but she's she's got a twinkle in her eye. You can tell she's a divorced lady looking for the Oh, DC. yeah, it was perfect casting. That whole scene was great. The last time I was here, there was this redhead from Greenwich, pardon me, Connecticut, getting her ten. Oh, can you believe it? <laughs> and she was not here alone, honey. Was Eleven standing by for action? Mm-mm, one of the bellboys. <laughs> and he got tipped handsomely by the hour. Hour after hour after hour. Oh, I mean. I kind of wanted more of Fallon just roaming around Haiti. But anyway, back to the misogyny. I agree 100%. The first half of this episode is Fallon literally having to go through a gauntlet 
of Blake, of mm-hmm. Crystal, even Kirby. Who Everybody is taking up dick, for Jeff. Yeah. Telling her not to get a divorce. And she's strangled. She has to wear scarves the entire episode because she has scarves. And meanwhile, everybody in the fucking cast is telling her not to get a divorce. What kind of bizarro world are we living in? Well, that's what, you know, there is, there's like varying degrees of insanity in this show. I think that that shade of blue, um, or as Adam calls it, outrageous shade of blue in Jeff's office. Why haven't we not noticed that's essentially the same shade of blue that's all throughout the Carrington house? So now I'm starting to think all of these people this whole time are variously under the influence, and this is what's explaining how insane all these people are. Oh, you think Adam has just repainted everything when yeah. he entered the scene this season? I mean, you know that dining room, that, that, it got painted. It wasn't always that color. And then you notice like Fallon's bedroom, and there's other rooms in that house that are all the same shade of blue. And I think all these people, it's not just Jeff. It's and all the men. All wear them. blue suits too. and there's a, there's a lot of wearing of blue especially in this particular episode um the nursery is painted blue. i mean oh yeah those babies are crazy and we're not talking like navy blue light blue <laughs> sky blue like it's it's a it's all kind of in this one little zone of like this color of blue i don't know one must wonder and even if you want to take all that out of the equation and get serious there's two people who are actually crazy which is jeff of course and then adam but adam is psychotic and then insane and in a way that is ingrained Mm -hmm. um and we know that he's incurable he is just pure evil and sociopathic whereas you know jeff that's why i guess why everybody's making excuses for him because they think he's not normally like this and there's something oh yeah it's clearly like an external stimuli but But i I do wonder how much that paint is a truth serum well okay so yes that's my next thing here is one thing is strangling and beating your wife. I'm sorry. I don't even, if you are crazy, well, then go to a hospital and your wife should divorce you or at least separate. I, I guess I could have handled a separation while he's getting help, but he's not even trying to get help. Well, here's the thing about the separation and the divorce. This is the other thing that made me past about everybody coming for Fallon trying to get her divorce. She never wanted to really marry him anyway. Remember, the whole reason they got married was to save Denver Carrington. Well, now that's all null and void with Adam's plan, We forgot about that, yeah. Well, Fallon didn't forget about it. She brings it up this episode. She never wanted to get divorced, and everybody knows it, and Jeff knows it. And I don't understand why he's so upset with Fallon. It's like, buddy, move on. And, I mean, maybe the paint is a little to blame but it leads to what i think might be the craziest fucking scene that i've seen since starting to watch this show and that is jeff going to la mirage of course to confront mark jennings because he think they fucking which they're not yeah jeff's gonna have a tennis tantrum what is this it's what was bad. that it's just Who so bad they're trying to make this you know the second act climax and it's very not climactic you know it's like a challenging to a duel except it's with tennis rackets instead of swords i couldn't stop laughing because of the ridiculousness of john james going there well more ripping his, his blazer bad off. angry acting and he's like macho man and like <laughs> i don't know it's, it's just too corny and unbelievable but, but so that's delicious. why we Love this show, I think. 80s, yeah. I mean, it was 
<laughs> so stupid, but I did kind of love it. And eventually that's what leads to Jeff just passing out. And finally they get him to a hospital and hopefully this is over. I want them to inject him with just put him to sleep, put him out of his misery. Oh, you want him to go away? Forever? Well, you know, I mean, Adam's telling mommy, like, mm, we're going to take you home and give you a sedative. Yeah. Well, that's how you like, deal. Isn't with... that always the solution? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this isn't the 70s. They don't slap women when they're hysterical. They give them sedatives. Well, Jeff's been kind of looking for an out for a while. And this finally was it. He's like, I'm signing the divorce papers. I'm signing the sh- baby shares over. I think underneath, he never really wanted all of this. He never wanted all this power, all of this family drama, all of the politics. He's always been kind of an ineffectual character, and we've criticized him from day one. This was even before he was in charge of anything. So I think this is just kind of taking him back to the very beginning and full circle, and this is what he truly... He's just fine to be done with it. Yeah. I know the facts about my wife. I've run into the facts a lot of times before you came into town, macho man. There was a show for a doctor and half her daddy's football team. You gotta be Colby, I'm gonna bike your Jack. neck. Jeff, come on, let's go. Oh, look who's here. Her long-suffering but ever-loving daddy. I just want you to come with me. Come Where? On. Well, we'll have a cup of coffee and we'll oh, talk. Forget it. Jeff. I'm tired of listening to your Carrington garbage. He can't hang. He never could hang with the Carringtons. And this just proves it. He's weak. You know, his serve kind of sucks, too. I don't know if you noticed that. I just like the the this tennis climax. Like that's such a oxymoron. Like w- everybody universally acknowledges that tennis is the most boring sport to watch. It's not boring to play, but it's very boring to watch. No. And- so but like we're hell, supposed to be? Are you kidding me? Tennis is so exciting this? to watch. Oh my god! You know, one thing we didn't talk about is that fabulous lunch that Adam Carrington oh, ordered is, for him. This is and just his another mama. Tuesday lunch at <laughs> Alexis's Fabu Penthouse. Well, it, they were celebrating. He did. However, say that. you do have to acknowledge how bizarre it all is, and this is like Adam a little bit psychotic. Alexis is kind of a little bit nutty too. You got to admit. So uh, there's something just sort of like mad tea party about all of it like with the freaking lilac lacquered chairs those things are diabolical they're like drinking champagne out of like they're not champagne flutes they're like champagne tubas like they're <laughs> and they're like way too big i think they were like trumpets turned on their sides yeah and filled and with champagne. it just sort of makes them look smaller than the drink they're having which is weird i don't know they're, drink they're, me so this whole like lunch is kind of screwy the touch i liked the most was that when the cart came out with the champagne and the crudite the uh tablecloth on it was also pink so we have the pink furniture in the background mm-hmm. we have the pink chairs and then we have the pink mm-hmm. beverage cart and then the the big lobster which looked like it was probably like a 10 pounder oh that, that was, was a, a 20 pounder baby that was a big ass lobster the, the lobsters don't even come in that size anymore we've <laughs> overfished them yeah it was a mutant lobster, but I, it was a little pink too. But uh, it was funny because at first Alexis is like, well, this is a bit lavish, don't you think? I mean, when Alexis calls something lavish, it's lavish. Yeah. I, I, you know, if That's, anybody Adam even had called her out for that. But you know what? Then she sat her ass down and drank some oh, I wasn't champagne stop to eat her. some lobster. Yeah. She's like, mm, okay, here it is. Mm, I'm craving lobster now. Bring me off a piece of that. One thing I really 
think we have to talk about is this is the first appearance this is the debut of alexis's fancy black cigarettes from this episode forward no more white cigarettes no more boring marlboros or i don't know she's probably smoking like viceroys or benson and hedges who knows no these are fancy black uh, probably italian cigarettes is what i Swisher seem to remember no, no 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 these are definitely cigarettes cloves and definitely not a clove because somebody would eventually complain about the stink. Anyway, and I love that it's introduced with such flair in the opening, you know, of the episode with her in her emerald green nightgown. Well, she's distressed. Her wild son has driven her to smoke really expensive Italian cigarettes. Yeah, that's that's a that's one explanation. I just love that she uses it as a as a prop for, you know, it's a gesture of power. You know, she uses it to keep Adam away, to command whatever statement she's making to him. It's, so it's like, it's more than just like she happens to be smoking a cigarette. Like she's clearly doing cigarette choreography. Yeah. So. And then when the scene is over, it gets extinguished. In a crystal ashtray with much ado. I, I just, you know, I, it's just one of these like fun touches that makes me love her character. And it's something about this show that is just so ridiculous that how could you not enjoy Mm, the strawberry daiquiri is really quenching my thirst so now it's time for the part of the episode where kyler and i pick our looks of the week kyler what look were you responding to this week well i mean we have to just be obvious and this is just typical so alexis and the you know overcoat with the fur hat that wasn't mine why did you like it i mean for one thing, it's classic. Uh, this is one of those things you remember this show for when people talk about clothes on this show. And it is. It's it's just the rich power woman over the top. Like, nobody could just walk down the street even back then wearing this outfit unless they were, you know, a billionaire tycooness. Or that shade of eyeshadow. Well, she's definitely claimed lilac as her color. I mean, you know, we've talked about the <laughs> interior decor. Of Everything is lilac. Penthouse and, yeah. So I think it's an exciting look to see but it's not like there's a whole lot to say it's, it's a really crazy fur hat and i like the hat but fur, i didn't really right, like not a the... fur coat it's sort of a, a worsted wool yeah it didn't... And it's oversized but it's kind of cut in a certain way so it's it's still interesting even though it's almost kind of simple it didn't really like match to me I and felt... then oh and i think there is a moment with some foxtails dangling from the from the waist or something like that yeah, I don't know. It just, it didn't gel for me. Like, normally she's so put together. I liked the pieces oh, I it individually, but together, it wasn't a home run. But she's batting at such a high average. Oh, my God, all these baseball metaphors. That it's, you know, she's on a different playing field. For me, again, it was a very brief scene, but it was vindication for Fallon and that was her real poofy shouldered outfit when she first arrived in Haiti and ordered her strawberry daiquiri and it had that really fun like fan fans. print everywhere so 80s. fans like the 80s loved fans well call me a fan I loved it because we're always complaining about Fallon looking like a Stevie Nicks knockoff and this is one where like they gave her some real fashion to wear 
Again, oh, no. it was only in one scene. If it weren't for that, no. Je hated all of her other outfits this episode. When they throw her a bone, I just have to give her my look of the week because so many of her outfits are dreadful. I mean, I almost considered giving it to Jeff with his Yeah, that was a runner-up. polo yeah. and the jeans. And then I don't know if you noticed, but the belt that he was wearing mm-hmm. had like a pink stripe in it. Yeah. It was just like yuppie supreme. Yep. And I have to say, when he ripped the blazer off to play the maddening tennis oh, match no. his ass looked pretty good in those jeans oh, don't tell me you're going into the thirst trap for him <laughs> i don't know i've just never seen his peach emoji peach emoji <laughs> <laughs> well kyler i think that's gonna do it for this episode of dynasty as they want to be thanks so much for joining me again i'm gonna take you home and give you a sedative <laughs> Look, I don't need to sit in a night coach to the Caribbean to score. Um, If you want to follow along with our journey, we're on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Nasty Podcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y Podcast. And you can support us on Patreon. We have all kinds of bonus episodes, ad-free episodes. Just go to patreon.com slash nasty podcast we'll be back for the next episode the mirror hopefully jeff makes a full recovery where has steven been this whole time steven you mean ben reynolds What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.